Welcome to Points of Change and my name is John Ball and today we are going to be talking about intuition with an expert on intuition. Now some of you know I'm not a very woo-woo sort of spiritually kind of person, I like the science of it. Luckily so does my guest and he has been writing all about that and that's why I've been brought him on, bringing him on the show today. So join me after the titles when we speak to uh, Sunil Godse about uh, his book Gut and about why intuition is so important. See you in a few. Welcome to Points of Change with Johnny Ball, the show where week by week I will be chatting with coaches, trainers, mentors, experts, visionaries, change makers, people with amazing transformational stories and experiences, and people who are helping others to create transformation in their lives. Stay tuned and make sure you subscribe, don't miss an episode. Welcome to Points of Change, Sunil. It's great to be speaking with you today. Yeah, thank you very much for this opportunity. It's going to be a great, uh, hopefully lots of knowledge bombs for your listeners and those watching. I, I am ha having taken, I haven't been able to fully read your book, but having taken a look through it, I'm pretty sure of it. And from our previous conversation, uh, I was a bit blown away by some of the way, we, some of the stuff we were talking about. And so I know that this is going to be a great conversation. Now, I've had people approach me about coming on the show before to talk about intuition but nearly always it's been from that sort of spiritual almost new agey kind of angle and i'm not i'm not i don't object to it but it's not uh, it's not really for me i don't really uh, get so much value from that as well but you have actually done some deep dive research into this as an area uh, so first of all let, let's find out a little bit about who you are and what you've been doing in terms of intuition yeah, absolutely. So, uh, CEO and, and uh, founder of intuitionology.com uh, or intuitionology. Uh, and I really took a deep dive into really understanding intuition after reflecting actually after my first book, and we'll get into that story and, and really kind of reflecting on when intuition really kind of hit me uh, when I was younger uh, and to really, really understand what it was. Um, and for me, you know, we'll talk about sort of why I struggled with the definition and why it comes from sort of all different areas. But I really needed to really take a deep dive. And once I really fully understood what it was, then I knew how it operated. And once you know exactly how it operates, then every single decision you make is the right one, no matter what happens in your life or what situation you're in. And that's when you stop wasting time uh, making bad decisions when you ignore it. It's just very simple. Yeah. And so, I mean, I think we all know that we have intuition and uh, we all get that it's there, but we maybe don't really understand. And I, I would maybe liken it to um, to luck. Like, uh, And I talk about, I've talked about this, one of my favorite books is called The Luck Factor. I don't know if you know the okay. book, but Dr. Richard Wiseman. And so he was demystifying luck and, and saying, you know, able to show scientifically with research that is very much about our expectations, our beliefs, and uh, and so that's what create luck. So if you if you believe you're lucky, you're more likely to act in alignment with that belief. And, and likewise, if you believe that you're unlucky, and so those are the kinds of things that determine your belief and uh, even continue. Like it's a self fulfilling prophecy kind of thing. But what about intuition? What's different, or, or even the same in terms of intuition there? Yeah, so with intuition, it's just really misunderstood. So even if we put it in the, on the lens of luck, if you're luckier, uh, then what you're doing is you're actually open to a lot of the opportunities. And you're you're if you think that way, and if you let kind of go let go of sort of the past beliefs that you've had, that you're kind of stuck in the past, and you're truly living in the present moment, uh, then you kind of uh, you believe things on you create those opportunities. 
and one of the things that we'll get into when it comes to intuition, a lot of people know that think it's this woo woo, and many people don't even know that it comes uh, from some kind of lens of experience as well. Uh, and if you look at Malcolm Gladwell's book Blink, where he's he that's where one of the major ones that sort of introduced this thing called intuition, where he looks at pattern recognition. Uh, and I'll get into one of the four types of intuition called experiential intuition. And so when your intuition, we'll talk about intuitive signals, but when you get that, an intuitive signal to tell you what direction you need to go in uh, and hence, you know, kind of create your own luck or create the opportunities, it's already well informed way, way, way before you really think about it. So uh, I, I, it's really interesting to use his luck, but I love the way he frames it in that it's from my perspective, you've already had some raw skills or raw situations you've been to or you've seen others through that when you make a decision or it's intuition is telling you to make a decision, it's it already knows that you can do something or you need to back away from a situation. And when you don't believe in that, then, you know, you forsake those opportunities and, uh, you know, and, and you put the ball in it in other people's courts. Maybe some you listen to somebody that's not giving you right advice and you start living somebody else's uh, path. And I think that's just the possibilities are just endless when you when you when you live life based on your intuitive capabilities uh, you, every door starts opening up again and again and i've got case study after case study of people down and out homeless bankrupt uh and sometimes one sentence changes one intuitive signal changes they become multimillionaires, or they just live life purposely or they go into the admin world or they stop taking their own life or whatever the case is but it's always that one intuitive moment where they just change their belief system and say, I'm going to do this. Yeah. I, I think we can probably all relate to it in some, to some degree. And, and I think that's one of the reasons why I have listened so much to some of the more woo-woo kind of people out there, uh, because I think we all know we've got intuition and, and sometimes you're still able to pull things out of that. And I think it is a good thing to be able to trust that. In fact, the one thing you say, like the opening sort of thing of your book, the uh, inscription, if you like, is trust your, always trust your intuition, right? Yes, and, and so we all have those experiences of not having done that. Now, it's been a long time since I've read Blink, but I, I remember it being a very enjoyable and informative book. What I do remember of that was something along the lines of uh, Malcolm Gladwell discussing that that sort of ability to instantly recognize that. I think one thing you're talking about was like someone who worked in the art industry uh, being able to instantly recognize a forgery and uh, just yeah. look at it. And they couldn't even necessarily tell you why. But he was explaining that as being uh, that is like the the ten thousand hours kind of thing that they put into it, and um, all the cumulative knowledge that they may not even be able to necessarily pinpoint right away, but something has twigged in their in their mind in their thinking. Oh, there's something here, and it's yeah, it, it's fake, it's forgery. You just get that general feel for it. And maybe it is because we associate it so much with being a, a feeling thing that we think it's more of a an emotional thing, but you're saying there's four different elements. Can you yes. tell us what all four of those elements are? Yeah, absolutely. And, and the best way that I can kind of explain this is, is uh, and I'll take you to how it works through a, a case study, uh, but the four types are experiential intuition, uh, situational intuition, relational intuition, and creative intuition. And these are all tied sort of with, with the signals that you have. So it's kind of like when I was doing sort of my research on it, um, it's like driving a car. So the way that intuition works is these four types of intuition all come together in a split second. And what it does is then it sends you a signal, uh, either positive or negative. And that's that signal that tells you if it's positive, obviously, uh, you want to you move ahead with that decision. If it's a negative signal, then you want to back away. 
And so, so how they work would be uh, if I took one of my case studies, he was, this, this was John Rossi. This he was an investment banker and he was a total non-believer. So very much like how you were saying at that time, when I was, when I approached him, if you looked at the stuff that was being taught online talked about online, it was about spirituality, voices from God, uh, manifestation. And that's great for those people who understand intuition like that. But for him, for someone who's an investment banker and data spreadsheets, uh, certainty, uh, you know, experience data that all mat that that's what matters in life. Yeah, we show started me the science. Yeah, yeah. Show me the science, or it for him even just you know I don't know what we're going to talk about. Like I know you approached me about intuition, but I, I just it doesn't exist. And so I remember turning on the cameras and and telling him about it. And in fact, when I was interviewing one of the uh, a CEO, he's now in his second multi million dollar business. Uh, he sees omens as uh, one of his positive signals is omens, uh, which shows up on his right shoulder. Uh, and there's no shape, no color, but he knows that wh whatever he's doing, if it's a business deal or he's hiring someone and this omen pops up, that's his intuitive signal say yes to whatever's happening. And so I tried to convince John that there's this CEO, two multi-million dollar companies, sees omens and John saying, yeah, you know what, Sunil, look, I I'd like to shake that guy's hand. But intuition is all about data and, and and learning and experience. And so now we're going to start getting to the four types of intuition. One of the four is called experiential intuition. And so if you look at, and this is now, if you look, we're getting to some bit of the science. If you look at your intuition uh, or so your brain like an iceberg, the 90% below is below water. That's your subconscious area. And the 10% is above water. And so when you're born, you've got all these neurons that are firing at, at multiple, 200 times a second uh, to soak in all the experiences around you. And every experience you have, every piece of learning, both formal and informal, every piece of experience, again, both formal and informal, hurdles, successes, failures, and those of others, every day are being put into the subconscious area uh, of your brain like a library. And right. when I looked at whether you're born with it, one of the research articles I found was that uh, researchers found that infants as young as two months old have been found to have intuitive tendencies or what this what this paper calls intuitive physics. And so uh, so that was sort of the premise uh, that had happened when I remember I was five years old and I had intuition a voice tell me to go door to door to raise money. Uh, to buy video games because my dad said they weren't expensive and I did and and I raised 200 bucks but it was a it was a distinct voice for me and so experiential intuition has all this this stuff in the library so that when your when your intuition hits you in a split second and give you a signal it, it's already loaded with data and experience from your past um, and so when people say I trust my gut uh, and they may not realize that, but when your gut is t talking to you in whatever signal it gives you, which is very unique, it, it's it's already telling you, yeah, yeah, I've got the data to back this thing up. And so we don't necessarily have to go through the logic of that decision because your intuition's already gone through that. And so what I was telling John is I was saying, John, sometimes your intuition has you go against the data. And John starts thinking, wow, you know what? That's interesting. I have an example of that. Now, remember, this is a non-believer. Mm. And so... John was in the business of putting franchise locations in. So if they put in like a McDonald's or Wendy's or Burger King, they would use a, a benchmarking scale out of 10. And a 9 out of 10 meant that they put a franchise. They looked at things like traffic patterns, uh, demographics, and development in that area. There was one area in Toronto, a really dilapidated area, called uh, – it was a 5.5 out of 10. And so this is now we're going to get into the second of two called situational intuition. And we all had situational intuition where he just goes to the area and go – huh, you know, something is telling me that in his case, 
we should put a location here, even though his team said it was a five and a half out of 10. No, we weren't close. Uh, and they put a location there. He went against the team's you know, recommendations. And that ended up being one of the most successful franchise brands and his whole portfolio called the beer market. Um, and so at some point, John was telling me that his purpose changed. He, instead of wanting to be on the sidelines now of, of just watching businesses and then, you know, investing in them, he actually wanted to run a business. And so what happens when, when you, when your purpose changes, or in some cases, people hit rock bottom is that you really find out who's on your side, who's with you. And so the third of the fourth is called relational intuition. And what relational intuition does is it filters those people through into your inner circle who are there for your ups and downs, who are your hurdles and your wins. They're not exactly yes people, but you can trust them for anything. And they really, really care about where you're going. And so in John's case, when he went from being, uh, you know, starting a business straight from scratch, all the people who were concerned about money, fame, ego, uh, private jets, limousines, high-end restaurants, all of these type of people, security, were saying, John, you're nuts. Not one of them bothered to ask him, why? why? Why are you making this change? And there's only one person, and that was his wife. And then he looks at his wife, and his wife says, you know, basically, why do you want to do this? And now this now this is coming from a, a non-believer here. John was saying, this just feels right. Now, yeah. this is coming from a non-believer about 45 minutes before he said that. So now that's the, his intuitive signal that it feels right. And the last of the four is called creative intuition. That's the one that ultimately makes the decision. And so if you make a decision like yeah, you're going to eat a sandwich for lunch or you're going to turn left at the, at the traffic light, your creative intuition is pretty low. I mean, it's pretty mundane stuff. But when you're making a decision that's really obtuse in nature, your creative, creative intuition is high. And in John's case, you would think that with his, with his background as an investment banker, he would pick a company that has strong cash flows, you know, healthy revenues, and a really good balance sheet. But his intuition picks this tiny, almost bankrupt little restaurant. Uh, and so he quits. He was probably making 3 to $4 million a year. It starts from ground zero. Walks into that tiny, bankrupt little restaurant. And that restaurant ended up being Eastside Mario's location number one. And he grew that to over 1,000 locations in 20 years, uh, $2 billion in revenues. And in his words, because it felt right. Hmm. That's the power of intuition when you have it. So it's, it seems that intuition really is something we can't afford to ignore and and we ignore our peril in, in these sorts of cases. Now, I, I'm wondering what what the connection and then there definitely is a connection between emotion and intuition, right? Yes. So, so what would that be? Yeah. So so when I looked at the research to find out uh, what intuition was all about. And we talked about when it, when you're kind of born, there were, there are a couple of pieces of it uh, really, really uh, interesting. And from my perspective, uh, things on intuition. And this is one of the reasons why I struggled with the definition early on. And this is also a primary reason why John struggled with the existing definition that was there is that research shows that when, when intuition hits you, it hits the amygdala. That's the primitive part of your brain. And there's, there's actually four areas, but the amygdala is one of them. It's, it's a key element. Uh, and when you hit the primitive part of your brain, that the only thing it knows is fight, flight, think, like, trust. There is, it's, it's just all feeling-based, and there's no capacity for language because your neurons haven't gone to the brain area where the capacity for language happens. Now, we are also talking 200 miles per hour, so it doesn't take too long for your neurons to get there. But this is why we all define intuition 
in our own way. So I, I defined intuition as a kind of a blend of art and science, uh, where the art part was these signals that were really important. And the science part, I just found out. And I, I, it goes back to my engineering days, you know, where I kind of saw steel, for example, has a mass-like property and an energetic or wave-like property. And so I thought intuition was like that. So for those who believe it's voices from God, that's what they believe. If they believe it comes from the cosmos, which one NHL hockey coach told me, which much to my surprise, yes, that's it. If John thinks it comes from data and learning experience, that's exactly what his definition is. So when you define intuition from John's lens or your lens, it's it's his signals, his experiences, how he defines it, how what his particular unique signals are, then he gets it. And when he gets it, now he's telling me about the stories that have happened because using the word of intuition. And so that's very, very important. And so we also get into these things called signals, which are unique as well. So in John's case, he was saying it just feels right. Um, and I talked about the CEO that sees omens, which are the positive signals. Opposite to that is sort of the, the negative signals. And these are the ones we have to be careful about because these are warning us about things that we've been through in the past where we should be backing away from. And yeah. the, the, the thing with the negative signals, and this is where we, we kind of miss it, is that it, it starts very subtle in nature. And so we've all been in a room where we walk in and, and we just kind of feel something's off here. And it could be internal thoughts, but that's your intuitive, your, a really, really subtle intuitive signal saying, either be very, very careful or back away because your intuition is picking up on something in the environment or a vibe from someone that has seen before of someone being deceptive in the past and your intuition is picking up on that deceptivity again from someone maybe it's a body twitch and remember your intuition is always on it takes less than 14 seconds to trust someone less than half a second to de detect a twitch these this is all science research uh, and so your intuition is picking up on all this stuff and another piece of research was showing that intuition actually hits your amygdala on average, seven to 10 seconds before you actually make a decision or take action. So it's already well informed. Uh, and these are MRIs now and it's showing where the brain gets lit up. Uh, so yeah. MRIs are actually showing this happening um, well before we're, we're doing it. So within those seven to 10 seconds that we can either trust it or we can ignore it. And then when we right. ignore it, now we're starting to make some, some bad decisions. And the characteristic where you have to be careful with these unique signals is like we often talk about this voice or this gut. And so these are common terms that we use. One of the uh, entrepreneurs I interviewed, um, we were talking about these negative signals. He says, Sunil, I, don't, I just don't know what they are until we started talking about the failures he got into. And so every time he got, went into a venture for the wrong reasons, for money or fame or his heart just wasn't in it. He kept grabbing his earlobe as he's talking about that sig uh, that that specific uh, instance, and then he said, "Sunil, I I just remember like every time I went into those ventures, even when they were being pitched, my left earlobe started pulsating really hot, uh, and he thought he needed to go to the doctor. But for him, that was an intuitive signal. He now also remembers when he's talking to his wife about them, his left earlobe would start getting hot. So yeah. these are really sort of how unique." these signals are. And what we have to be careful when we use this thing called voice or gut. So let's say, John, you and I share this gut feeling, which is a negative signal. And so for you, let's say you've done enough work to, to understand that, that 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 gut, when it comes up, is signal number one for you. Uh, and you've taken the time, you have to take the time to figure out what your, uh, your positive negative signals are. And for me, let's say I made the incorrect assumption, because I'm talking to you over a nice coffee, that, oh yeah, I get that gut feeling. And if I incorrectly assume for me, 
it's signal number one, but it's actually signal number three because I haven't done the homework. What, what it means is by that time, that gut feeling comes again in a really bad situation. Because for me, it's signal number three. I've missed signal number one and two. Right. And if I miss those two signals, I've made two bad decisions because my intuition's already sent me a subtler signal uh, and I've ignored them because I'm, I'm not looking out for them. Those two bad decisions could simply be me stubbing my toe or I could be headed towards bankruptcy. I just don't know. Hmm. And so this is really where it's you it, because it's unique and we can have that voice. We can have that gut. But for you, it could be, again, signal number one for me, signal number three for you it could be professional decisions. It could be personal decisions for me. So we can share a signal, but we have to make sure just because it's talked about in social media and social media themes and, you know, we all, I trust my gut and all that. That doesn't necessarily mean you get a gut feeling. It could be that, you know, the hairs in the back of your neck stand up. So this is where you really, really need to do the homework to really get that feeling based stuff. Right. And it is all feeling because, again, we're at the amygdala. So for my podcast series, uh, I've interviewed now over a thousand people for my podcast series. And so my one of my first questions is, how do you define intuition? And the majority of them say it's when I feel something. It's not an actual definition because there isn't one. Yeah. Could could you call intuition itself an emotion then, or or is it really just linked yes. to emotion? Yeah. It's 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 a it's an emotion regulator, and so you have okay. your emotions. But what it does is it, it basically balances your head and heart. So I, what I wouldn't say it's a, it's an actual emotion. It regulates your emotions because we do kind of get fear and all that stuff. So. Uh, you, you know, so we, we get feel, we feel safe. Those are kind of the, the emotions, but what intuition does is it regulates it so that it's controlled. So you've got a, the balance of emotion and the balance of the, I call the rational or the head part, which is your experience from the past. So you actually, the neurons don't actually have to go into the frontal lobe, which is where the sort of the rational area is um, because it doesn't have to. That's that conscious part above water. Yeah. It's already done the work behind the scenes so that when it gives you a signal, you need to trust that signal uh, all the time. Yeah, I, I've done, uh, and I like reading science magazines. I'm, I, I am that nerdy. I, I, it's one of my favorite things to do on a Sunday. And um, one one article I remember reading a few months ago was that there was some research being done into seats of consciousness. Like we we tend to assume that the brain is the seat of consciousness, but right. it's not it's not proven, and it's not one hundred percent sure. And there is evidence now, at least suggesting that it, it may not be strictly speaking the seat of consciousness, just an element of of consciousness as well. And we also know there's been work and investigation into that sort of the gut brain, as we talk about, or that uh, you know our, our bodies that have are filled with neurons. They're not just in our in our brains. Um, what, how does that relate to um, what you talk about? Because your book is called Gut, and you talk about gut feeling. Yeah, so so with with gut, I take it from a very sort of here was here's where the science presented itself, and this is what we found. Here's a number of case studies of how it operates with the four types of the signals, and then uh, so the first half is dedicated to the personal personal sort of side, and the second half is okay. How do you incorporate this in business using the same sort of uh, four types and signals as well. Uh, where it comes to these kind of um, areas where we're talking about things, where we kind of get into quantum mechanics and uh, you know chaos theory, and so there's there's a lot of that type out there. So one of the questions I used to ask was, uh, how many times have you you know when you're kind of intuitively connected to someone and they're halfway around the world, for example, and something happens to them and you know about it, or you send a text. Uh, and it's at the right time, exact moment they needed to hear from you. Um, and we've, I've had people who've kind of 
quote unquote predicted that that you know their the father had cancer when nothing had come up or somebody yeah. had fallen in the, in a swimming pool uh, or a dog got shot at the exact same moment that that thought comes how do you explain that from an intuitive perspective and so this is where you can get into and when i looked at some of the research because i love to have okay what's the research explaining this I mean, I may believe it wholeheartedly, and I do. So I don't necessarily need the science to back it up because of my belief system. But that's not for everyone. Everybody else has got their own belief system. So if I'm going to sort of bring some other people along that kind of need that proof, proof or correlation, what is there that's being done now that I can say, okay, oh, yeah, so there's some scientific basis. So if I explain it, uh, maybe it might connect the dots for some people. And so we've got things called mirror neurons in the front here. And so as we're talking, your mirror neuron is trying to mirror my behavior and habits, et cetera, et cetera. That gets put in the subconscious area of the brain. You carry that with you from an energetic perspective. So John, you and I can be separate, but now we're kind of we're, we're sort of got this emotional imprint in our brains. Right. Um, quantum mechanics is starting to to explain some of that as well. Uh, I know Kerwin Ray does a really good job of this in two thousand. Yeah, you know, uh, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So in two thousand seventeen, he does something specifically on intuition and and uh, uh, this this uh, quantum mechanics uh, a bit. So uh, you know, so if you're open to it, then it could absolutely be explained, and you can connect the dots yourself. But it really does come down to your belief systems. So yeah. for those who aren't that open, um, then just understand that you, if you look to the past. What decisions did you make, good and bad? And there were signals associated with it. Yeah. And so it just comes down to just being familiar with those signals and then going about in life, making sure that you trust those signals to guide your decisions. And that's as much as you need to do with intuition. If, yeah. you, if you're a lot more curious about why does manifestation happen? Uh, why why do these things that I talk about when a connection happens? It's, it happens to too many people and to myself that can't be just called coincidence. Uh, is that a, a acquisitive path that you like to go down? And again, it all depends upon what lights you up. If that if that type of information lights you up, or that you're that inquisitive, fantastic. Yeah. Like I'm I'm incredibly inquisitive with that stuff because that's what lights me up. But if I look at, yeah. you know, I, I mean, a couple of my friends who are, you know, I've got one physician. He's just a buddy of mine. And yeah, that doesn't light him up at all. You know, uh, but well, that's up to him. It's up for me to tell him how to live his life. I would take I would take the position that we probably all have some kind of beliefs that we can't necessarily prove, but we believe right. them based on our experience and what we know. And the I think the only points at which I sometimes take issue with people is people claiming those beliefs as as facts. And it's like, well, it's your experience, it's anecdotal, and people don't really understand the sort of level of evidence required to be able to say, oh, no, this is definitely true. <laughs> so, yeah. so, I think, so I think that's where I have issues. Like, there, there are many things that just cannot be explained. We don't understand them. We don't have the information to be able to explain them. It doesn't mean they're not there. It doesn't mean they're not real. It does mean that perhaps we don't understand them yet or that we're only just starting to. So, you know, it's like being closed off to these sorts of things is is very close-minded whereas sort of saying well okay maybe there is a more solid scientific explanation that we just don't have yet yeah it's, it's i think some people also gravitate to you know it's a nice social media meme and then they have this like i, I see a lot of the people who are intuitive um and, and I, I sometimes i wonder okay what does that mean so does some, some people say they're intuitive because they're psychic or they see right. or they they're able to feel other people and we're all able to feel people but they have a heightened sense of that because it's a lot more uh, more concentrated. And I've got people who just throw, I remember I was in a big a Zoom call with entrepreneurs and one of them was uh, an intuitive coach. 
and uh, so, of course, there was a bit of banter on intuition in a, in a friendly way. And uh, so I said, well, what, what are the signals that she didn't realize that there were signals and she didn't realize that there were four types. Um, and so when I kind of put it in the way that I've explained it, and I've also looked at the science, she had no clue, but she was also an intuitive coach. Uh, and so this is where, and nothing against her practice, uh, you know, it's not meant to be a bashing of practice whatsoever, but this is when you don't understand what that is. And then you kind of move ahead. And in fact, there was one fellow, he's a, actually become a friend of mine. His, he was in the mindset space. It was named Hal, Hal Eisenberg. And I was on the intuition space and our, our worlds, when we collided together, it was fantastic because we kind of, he says, yeah, I trust my intuition. I trust my gut. Uh, and I said, fantastic. And he's from New York. So he had heard I was speaking in Toronto. He flew up to see me and he didn't realize there were signals and, it, and these four types of intuitions. Yeah, I didn't think intuition was like that. And so a year after we, he had seen me speak, he uh, actually developed a cough. And again, he started now sensing that these there were intuitive signals when the signals was telling him to go to the hospital. And he ignored it because, again, it was very subtle. And he let it go, ah, you know, let it go, let it go. And that cough turned into at a visit to the emergency department in New York. And he ended up getting COVID-19. Right. Uh, and he, he, he was struggling to breathe. In fact, there was a, a life or death moment and he was choosing death. And he said, Sunil, I'm telling you, if intuition, if there was any clearer definition of intuition for me, it was something came in and it was just opened up and said, your voices needs to be heard. You're not finished yet. You need to come out uh, and you need to live. Uh, you can't, this is not your time. And he yeah. did, he came out of that wanting to die. And so for him, it was clear as anything that what intuition was. And five days later, he was, uh, he came and told me the extent that the story, uh, I was the, the, one of the first people he told this whole story to, and he was my first podcast guest for my intuition on podcast series. So great way to kick off my yeah. podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Powerful story. Yeah. But he also said that you see, you know, I was talking about this stuff in the past. I didn't live it. I was talking about, yeah, I'm going to do this uh, manifestation. Uh, I, I live my, uh, I, I trust my gut. Or I tell his, uh, my team one thing and I would do something else or I just pass it off. So this is where you have to be very careful when you kind of talk about this stuff without really under truly understanding what you're talking about. And right. um, I, I, this is not a slight on anybody. I'm just saying that you need to actually, okay, when you say you're being in, intuitive, I'm, I've opened up the hood. I popped open the hood on this thing called intuition to really understand how it works because I, and I'm not sure how familiar with your story is, but you know, by my story, but I, I ignored it one time when a friend of mine was coming up to me to try and get some advice. She was being stalked at the time. And again, I had this signal that was telling me to meet with her that afternoon and I ignored it. And mm -hmm. I said, let's meet a couple of days later. And the very next day, that same stalker walked up to her and put a bullet in her head and she was killed instantly. Okay. So I don't want that ever to happen. I mean, yeah, yeah. for me, I lost a very good friend because I ignored this something and I really needed to figure out what this something was. So I'm just really hoping for those watching and listening that it never gets to that situation. Sure. Uh, but sometimes we have to hit rock bottom to really appreciate what intuition is. And the thing with, with going down a slippery slope all the time, and we were talking earlier about belief systems, is that we're so concentrated on the on the on the slide going down that we forget to look up, and when we look up, intuition's always shining a light, always giving you a rope to to hang on to to pull you out of that. You just don't look up. So, so I, have, I think this is an important question, and, and maybe one that anyone watching or listening might might be wondering. But is intuition? Would you say intuition is always right? It is always right because it's it's based on your past, 
your experience, the situation you're in, the people close to you. So if you look at all the four types of intuition, it's giving you everything you need to make the right decision, to make a decision. And so when your intuition tells you that this is a signal that you, you, that you need to move ahead, you need to move ahead. If it's telling you to back away, you need to back away. And some people actually do think that intuition puts them down some negative uh, roads to teach them a lesson. That's simply not true. And so I had Mark Metry, for example, uh, he has the Humans 2.0 podcast series. I think it's the top 100 on Apple iTunes. Um, and he came on uh, to talk about intuition. And so he developed social anxiety in high school and he ended up almost killing himself. And so as he's telling the story of the story, he, he starts telling me that intuition leads you down the wrong path. And this is where my ears kind of perk up. So he is telling me that he he needed to fit in and so he needed to lie. And so intuition got him to lie again and again and again. He lost so much of who he was that he wanted to take his own life. And I said, I let him finish the story. And I said, John, if we were to go back, uh, sorry, Mark, pardon me. If we were to go back to the start of that story, uh, and if you rewind the podcast interview, which obviously I've done, I did since, um, when he starts saying intuition lets me down the wrong path, one of the things he says, I knew I shouldn't have lied, but... He snuck that in, but that was his intuition telling him, even as he's recounting that story, I'm sure he's done several thousands of times, uh, intuitions that was there. And yeah. he said, I shouldn't have lied, but that's his intuition saying, don't do it. But his his ego or his ability to want to fit in with the herd, and we do this a lot in our lives, we want to fit in with people who don't have values that are close, that are even associated with us, but we think that we need to. We need to put on these masks to be someone who we're not. Yeah. Uh, and we continue down that. And for Mark, it got so far from his identity. And we, I think we all do this to the point where we don't even know who we are sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and and what, yeah. a, what a way to live life, you know? <clears throat> well, I mean, hindsight being 2020 as it is, we can nearly always look back and see those, those red flags, the warning signs yeah. after the fact, right? But uh, why, why or how do we end up overriding those things um, in, in our lives when when they do come up and, and we maybe know that they're there or is that we'd, later on we'd look back and see that they were there. How do we end up getting into override? Yeah, so the biggest thing, the thing that I found is fear. And the fear, it, the fear is that sometimes we think that we want to have, uh, we want to control our own destiny and we want to have or make our own decisions. As, as much as that's very cathartic in nature and it's really good talking points over a, uh, a coffee, uh, a lot of times we're, we're afraid to actually make those decisions for ourselves. So sometimes we've had some trauma in the past that unlocks our emotions in the past. And so this is where I work up with clients to unlock that so that they can actually move ahead. Sometimes somebody gives us some advice in the past and we stick to that advice, even though it has nothing to do with us. Uh, and in some cases, that other person doesn't have the experience to give you that advice. I mean, I don't know how many times people, people told me not to be an entrepreneur, be entrepreneurship stupid. Um, <clears throat> yet, you know, I, I had $20 million in revenues as an entrepreneur, five or six businesses after moving away from engineering, right? And engineering, again, societal norms. I'm an East Indian male. So there's four career doors, doctor, lawyer, engineer, or failure. <laughs> that's right? it. All, that's the only thing that's you can it, do. right? And, and so I, I drank the East Indian Kool-Aid to be an engineer and hated it. Yet when I broke away from that, that's when my entrepreneurial career really took off. Uh, and sometimes we're there to prove something to someone in the past. And so yeah. when we have our values sort of shifted to other people or other events in the past, we forget our own values. And, yeah. when, and, and we don't live. So when you talk, when people talk about living in the present moment, 
you know, as much as, again, it's a nice social media theme, it just means you really need to think about what you want to do today. What are your values? What are your relationships with your friends, money, uh, career, etc. that you want, not what other people expect of you. Uh, and a, a very good case study I have of this and the costs of not doing this is when I in, uh, interviewed Vin Jang. He's an international um, uh, magician. And in 2016, his career was at his peak. He was on seeing 100,000 people a year on 80 stages around the world. Uh, and from the external perspective, on fire. Internally, felt like crap. And his intuition was screaming at him, take some time away. You need to figure out what you want in life. He goes to New Zealand, no cell phone service. Uh, and uh, he he puts up these values thinking that they're his. He says, well, this is what my wife wants, my family. This is what my bank account wants. This is what my career wants. This is what the people, you know, my the people on stage want. Where am I? And so he redoes his values, puts them up, which he said was frightening. He's, he was now in the driver's seat. He was frightened. Uh, and so... He uh, he starts to move away, comes back from New Zealand, falls right back to the same type of people, downtown L.A., brands, uh, you know, hanging around, hobnobbing, back to the same old things. And six months later, his parents come up uh, and his mother actually says, it, and he's got a Vietnamese background. And so his mom says that there's this, this saying in Viet, uh, Vietnamese, he's, his mom was saying that if you hang around squid, you're going to get some ink on you. <laughs> Yeah, and, and he basically his mom said, "You're hanging around a lot of squid. You, this is not my boy." And so that was six months later. He redoes the exercise, and finally he makes a decision to sell his car with a big brand on it, move from downtown LA to the suburbs, and finally do things he wants to do, move in a different career direction if that's what his intuition is telling him to do. Yeah. But one of the things I tell Vin, this is what this is something called opportunity cost. It's not just the six months that he lost not doing the right thing. It's also the six months that he lost that he could have gained. So I told Vin that, it, and that's opportunity cost. So when him might be bad decision, he's actually lost a full year of his life. And if he's in the business of helping other people, how many people did he leave behind? And how many people did he not help? And Vin says, you know what? I've never, ever thought about that way. <laughs> Some serious pain that, that apply onto that, but that, yes. that's important. And um, it is it is really fascinating. And you know, what was coming up for me whilst you're talking there as well, I remember in my early days of um, getting into personal development, the amount of people that were talking about modeling, and I'm sure you must have come across this idea of modeling yeah. in, in yeah. psychology. And and uh, early, early on, people were ostensibly t trying to turn themselves into the people that they were modeling. They weren't, they weren't just taking a trait and saying, I want to be more like that. They were dressing like the person trying to talk like them trying to oh, oh it's like in that film single white female from the was it the 80s or 90s but the Bridget Fonda where she tries to become this woman and take over her life it yeah. was like that and it was mm -hmm. creepy and people were losing themselves in the process of doing that and, and we saw it some some people really becoming very unpleasant versions of of someone else rather than who, who they were and, and so that has to take you right out of your intuition for sure Absolutely. And so it, it, it modeling to me it, it, from an intuitive perspective is that look, your intuition is going to look at those traits that they see as successful. And again, what does success mean? It, success needs to be intrinsic, not, you know, what brand of car you drive. And because often the most quote unquote successful ones that have lots of money in the bank are the worst. And, you know, I had Steve Sims uh, uh, as a podcast guest and he was telling me one of his clients had three private jets and couldn't afford the fourth. So he killed himself. 
so <laughs> now these are uh, uh, extreme wow. cases, but modeling yeah. should be like, what traits do you see in a person that really helps you intrinsically be motivated, intrinsically be happy? Uh, and so it's great that we have all these, all, like uh, the, these other ones, what do billionaires do at 5 a.m.? You know, they get up at 5 a.m., they do this, this. Okay, that's great. Uh, but it, it, if you take one of those, is that going to make you successful? Does that make you drive your decisions forward? Yeah. And if it's aligned with your values and it really is in line with what you are doing, then pick that one and do it, right? So if I do, if yeah. I get up earlier, then I'm I am I feel better, I feel more energetic, my decisions are clearer, but I'm feeling that, not because you know some article is telling me that and I feel like crap, right? right? Because yeah. naturally I'm I mean I'm a night owl. Uh, I've yeah, always been. And so <laughs> let's say let's say these days, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I get you. You yeah, gotta be careful. I think that's important, very important, because I think to me, success is about becoming the best version of yourself, not a yes. version of somebody else. And yes. I, I think that's where people tend to go wrong with it. Is like, that's why you say it's so important that it's in alignment with your values and it's about who you are and, right. and becoming becoming more of that rather than trying to be, well, that person's successful, so I'm just going to be them and turn myself into that. It's like, I'm not saying that that can't work. I'm sure there are people who it has worked for, but the cost of that is... is yeah humongous well and the other thing is intuition is a two-way street so as much as you're thinking that you're trying to project to the world and you're trying to be someone thinking that that's what you got to be uh, the other person's intuition is looking right at you and as i told you intuition hits the amygdala it's instant it's seven to ten seconds before you actually know it when you're when somebody else's intuition is, is seeing that you're being deceptive they know that right away so you can try and emulate someone else put on somebody else's mask Everybody else around you sees you as a fake, as a forgery. Uh, yeah. And so you may temporarily feel big thinking that, you know, you're looking like Steve Jobs or Richard Branson or Sarah Blakely or J.K. Rowling or Oprah, whatever you want, whoever you're trying to model. Um, but other people know you're fake and they're not going to tell you that. They may smile at you and nod at you, but their intuition is saying, avoid this person like the plague. And how devastating could that be if you're such a really nice person that having a coffee with you is pleasant but you're trying to put on a mask that i'll never know that you're a pleasant person because you're trying to be someone else and i don't want to associate with somebody inauthentic yeah i want to associate i want people in my circle i want to have that are ones that really make me happy that that my i can surround myself my family with with real values and if you're busy being fake you never even you're not even in my decision set and how right. how what a time waster for you and me because I would have loved your company, but you've just made it impossible for me to get to know you. Yeah. You know, I, I've sometimes worked with clients who said, well, when I'm not a relationship coach and I don't claim to be and I don't enjoy relationship coaching generally. But right. in times when we've had those discussions with clients, there are times when I've had to, to point out to people that if you need somebody to change who they are, fundamentally are in order to have a good relationship with them you don't want a relationship with that person you want a relationship with your idea of that person and, yeah. and but that's true for yourself as well your relationship with yourself and i've never really thought about that until until we talk until you started saying this i think it gives a really good understanding about why it's so important to define success for you on your terms based on who you are right. and the best version of yourself because all these people talking about authenticity, this is what we're talking about. This is it. Yeah. This is that authentic relationship with yourself and being yeah. okay with who you are, but still wanting to be more of that and, and heighten your better qualities. It's uh, yeah, really absolutely. super important. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and if there are people that, that are getting you to move in a certain different direction or a different, change you for them, that's pretty selfish. That's not someone yeah. you want to be, be around. And yeah. I always, one yeah. thing I say is, like, this is my train. This, this is a track. This is how fast I'm going. And if you don't like it, you can get off at the next station. Uh, and yeah. if you keep bothering me, I'll kick you off myself. Uh, and it's not to be mean in any ways. I don't have the luxury or time to waste with other people who aren't really uh, – with with me and my journey and my purpose or my kids right uh, and my wife so i want to surround ourselves with people who really are truly supportive that are just gems of friends and they're very authentic to themselves uh, yeah. and and that's when we really enjoy company uh right that's because nobody's putting on a mask nobody's yeah. being exhausted expending energy trying to you know figure out you know what what actor or actress am i what part am i playing Right. It's just me, and if, and it's and this the this is my opinion. These are right? my opinions. Yeah, yeah, being vulnerable, accepting other people doesn't necessarily mean they need to match you. They need to agree with yeah. your values and opinions. But there's a healthy exchange, uh, and there's a respectful dialogue that goes on on top of the fun that you have. Yeah, and um, we have a, a an interesting comment from uh, from my friend Mark who's uh, tuning in. Um, sure. So Mark says, just realized intuition, something inside uh, that is, is tutoring us. I wonder what the literal translation is for the word intuition in other languages. Is it, it's a, a curious thing to think about. Any any insight or input on that? Yeah, so so intuition, I mean, it comes from intuit. Uh, and so I think he's very, very similar to that. But uh, if you if you lo do look at intuition, sort of, uh, it, he's, he's sort of getting scratching at the surface that it's very internal. Uh, some people actually also think it comes from the ancestors. Uh, I talked to a Buddhist monk, and he said it comes from ancestors. I talked to uh, the son, the grandson of Nelson Mandela. Uh, he was saying it comes from the ancestors. And if you look at so the research on epigenetics, where you know they had mice and they they shocked uh, they smelt some kind of plant or flower and they shocked the the mice's feet. Um, the next generation they didn't have to use that stimulus and and you know their their, their kids uh, kind of had that shocking sensation. So that's kind of how it it, it passes down from generation to generation if if that's what you believe. Um, mm -hmm. But from my perspective, yeah, it's 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 within you and uh, you know. So again, when you look at the science. It, it's just that amygdala. It's the primitive part of your brain, and so if you understand, if you think that that primitive part of that brain has been developed over time through the experiences of the past generations, then you've developed that, right? It's it's almost yeah. looking at these cat videos, and they put a cucumber, and the cat uh, goes up. I mean, yeah. they've never had a cucumber beating them, beating them when they were you know little kittens. Right. We just have that innate thing in us. Yeah, it's uh, it's fascinating, and and this is uh, an area I could happily talk to you about all day. I do want to make sure we get to one thing though. Uh, you talk in your sure. book about the trust model. Can you explain yeah. that a bit more for us? Yeah. So so the trust model is really kind of to, to get getting you to trust yourself. So really kind of trust yourself. Look at uh, look at the experiences that you've had. I'm going to be very very broad. Look at your internal ex understand your intuitive drivers. So what are your what are your values that you go through? And so what are your values around your relationship with money? Uh, because what happens with your intuition is the one that once you have these set of values you have, your intuition gives you the signals to make sure that you're in alignment with those drivers, uh, understanding what your signals are. Uh, and then when you when you have all these components all put together, then what you have to do is just take action. Uh, and and a lot of us don't take action. Like we have all these things and we get stuck. Uh, the next thing is you have to really kind of go to the next the next level and actually walk through it because what happens is when we were, I was talking earlier about fear. And so even though you look at your, your intuitive drivers, your values, and you have these signals, 
because we've never possibly been in the driver's seat for such a long time, you know, there's the fear of fear of change, fear of the unknown, fear of failure. Uh, and so we don't actually take the steps to move ahead. And so I've got a seven day challenge that actually gets people and that's free, by the way, you can go to intuitionology.com and, and take advantage of that, but just solve a problem and then using sort of almost like the trust model, you, you solve a problem based on your own intuition in the seven days. And I actually measure the strength of your intuition before and after. And I've had close to 55,000 people now through that 100% of the time, their intuition has gotten stronger. But what you you just have to remember that even though you feel that fear, that intuitive signal is already well informed. Um, yeah. And so you just have to, you have, just have to keep going. And there's a uh, one fellow that I interviewed, David Dame, he had cerebral palsy, he's been in a wheelchair all his life. And his dream was to actually just have someone hold him up on a beach, uh, so that he can feel the sand and the water in his toes. And he got that chance a number of years ago, goes up right up to the water uh, sand barrier, his handlers stand him up, and he falls flat on his face and embarrassment, fear, all that creeps in. And he says, Sunil, I have two things I can do at this, at this one instant. One is I can succumb to the fear and sit back in that wheelchair and forever regret of turning that dream into reality when I'm right here. Or I can trust my intuition, that signal that's telling me, John, or sorry, uh, David, take one step. David, take another step. David, take the third step and keep going. And he keeps going into the water and he, he points to his chin, says the ocean gets about up to his neck area. And then he turns around and he was blown away by how far he came. And so when we were talking earlier about living in the present moment, that's what you do. You don't look at, oh my God, this ocean is so, so deep. I'm never going to go in there. Yeah. You just take the step. I take the step and your intuition is going to make sure you're safe. And then that's how you, that's how you reach your goals. Is, is there like one thing that we could all perhaps do today to help us improve or get more in touch with our intuition? Yeah. I mean, outside the seven day challenge, it, and you don't even need to do that. You can get a piece of paper and on one, on one column, put in the decisions you made that were good. And what did it feel like in that moment? Uh, and so those are your positive signals. So for me, it's like the dots are connecting or I get a feeling of flow. Uh, and where do you go to get those thoughts? So for example, I can be in the shower. And I get a lot of positive signals in my shower uh, before I go to bed. Uh, those are areas what I call intuitive mediums uh, where you actually go into. And so that's where you can kind of get these these uh, these intuitive thoughts. Uh, and then you have to do that with your negative signals. The same thing. What are the bad decisions that you did? And figure out what did it feel like in those moments. And with the bad decisions, you have to be careful that, that you you, as we were talking earlier, it is signal number one, not just signal number three. And you're just stopping there. What was the bad decision before that that led to that decision? And what was the one before that that led to that decision? And so for those people who have made bad decisions, who have come on my podcast series, that's where I dig into. So we look at ultimately what was the, the negative event and let's peel back the layers to see what was the first trigger. And yeah. every single time I'm, we get back to some kind of trigger that led that, this chain of events that led them down the wrong path. Wow. I really wish I could, uh, we had hours to talk about this because uh, it's been such a fascinating conversation, but, um, but for the, for the sake of, uh, for the sake of our audience, we need to start showing things to, sure. to, to a bit of a close, but um, I will make sure for anyone who's watching or listening, there will be uh, a link to your seven day challenge in the show notes for the podcast and the, the description on, on YouTube. I'll, I'll add it to the uh, other social media platforms that this, is, this, this will be on as well. And, um, 
your book is called gut and what's the best way for people to get hold of a copy of your book yeah so if they get to the seven day challenge there's a free uh copy of e the ebook gut there uh and then on intuitionalge.com there should be a link out to the books uh if not they can go to sunilgatsi.com there's also a link to both my books there um and they can grab their or there's amazon anywhere you you shop uh, online um it should be wherever you buy your books online so that and there's also the gut's also an audiobook so they can go to audible audible.com um and you can get uh, the audiobook there yeah yeah great to have some interaction thank you mark for your for your question and for your comment earlier as well um great sonny uh, i honestly wish we could carry on the conversation but uh, maybe we have to come back and have another chat again in the future sure. it has been incredibly fascinating thank you for sharing how everyone can get in touch with you how we can all get more in touch with our intuition and understanding more of what that is um your book although i'm only partway into it i'm definitely going to be wanting to uh to finish it and find out more because i want to know more about this i want to make my intuition work for me better and make sure that i'm tuning into it and not overriding and ignoring it uh, i really appreciate your time and your contribution and uh, thank you so much for joining us on points of change thank you thanks john thanks for tuning in if you enjoyed the show please subscribe and consider sharing it with your friends as well so that we can help get points of change into the hands of anyone who is going to benefit and be able to use it to transform their lives coming soon on the show i'll also be talking to my friend sabiasachi singupta about his book what's your plan b about making sure that you always are able to have the flexibility of a backup when things don't go the way you intend and as he was a winner of an evaluations contest in toastmasters we'll be talking about giving feedback and how to do that effectively so don't miss those shows coming up very soon on points of change if you think you'd be a great guest on the show or you know someone who would, then please get in touch. The way to do that is to email me, john at presentinfluence.com. john at presentinfluence.com. I will look forward to hearing from you. Please tell me why you or your friend or the person you represent would be a great guest and why you'd like to come specifically on Points of Change. So all that remains for me to say is thank you for joining me. See you again next time.